The following audio is via a Skype call. You are listening to Life Design Radio, from adversity to awesome, with me, Susan DiLorenzo. Tune in each month as I join with Dr. Pat and offer up the best tools for pulling the gems from adversity and designing a life you would really love. Have you experienced adversity in your life? Are you ready to leverage it and create a life you really love? No matter where you are in your adversity story, the topics on Life Design Radio are here to inspire, reassure, enlighten, and motivate you. Why wait? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Dr. Pat, and I am here with Susan DiLorenzo. And for those of you, uh, Susan is the host of Life Design Radio. I get to sort of emcee this with her, co-host with her, because what does her path really say to many of us that have been here and have taken on what it's like to be in the storm. Now, many of you have heard the show. You know what her journey is a bit about. You're going to hear more about it today. But are you sensing a storm is either coming your way or are you in the middle of what you would classify as a storm? For those of you, for for many of you, you know, let, let's just say, you know, Susan has been out in the business world for over two decades. And, you know, when I think about that, what is that, what is the toll that that takes on you, especially if you're like her in the financial industry? What is the toll that it could take on you if you don't have the tools, if you don't know where to go, if you don't know what to do? But what happens when you are empowered and enabled to say yes to your deeper calling? How does that look? What does it feel like? Is it the slide and glide of life? Or do you have to face yourself more deeply, more clearly, more directly, more authentically than you've ever done before? But, you know, as an 18-year-plus survivor of invasive breast cancer, there is much for her to share. And the much that she's sharing today is what happens when you are in the storm, what happens when you can feel the eye of the storm? What happens when that moves through your life, unlike anything you've ever seen before? And so today's show is holding firm in a storm. Susan, great show, great topic. And I would venture to say that given the latest statistics on anxiety right now, mm. and anxiety pretty much across the board, young people, by the way, leading, leading the group, with rates of anxiety, that this is a perfect show to address what's going on energetically in our culture. It really is, Dr. Pat. And uh, you made a great point just now about young people. I'm actually getting quite a few more young people as clients because of the tools that we can use to sustain ourselves through all these rough rides that, especially when they're going through such tough times. So I am really ready to dive into this one. It is something you know you and I have both been through. Um, we know that phrase, into every life some rain must fall, and who doesn't have some adversity in their life? But, you know, we're using the analogy of a storm, this deluge of tragedy and trauma. And what can we do? to sustain and support ourselves in the midst of these dark nights of the soul. Yeah, let's let's set the stage for this so that you can rock on with everybody here because I want you to be able to share this story uninterrupted. Okay. Um, 
let's start with the pinnacle of storm awareness. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It's harder to detect than people think. And let me tell you why. I had a friend, oh, please don't email me about the, what I'm about to say. I do not believe <laughs> throwing frogs in burning water. But there is this expression that I relate to. Yes. Uh, it's horrifying to think of it. So my mom from the South had this expression, and she used this on us kids from a long time. And honestly, it wasn't until I was like 41 and had her over Linda's for Christmas that she explained it to me. <laughs> and then she said to me, someday, Pat, I won't need to explain it. So oh, wow. her analogy was, look, here's what you're really dealing with, right? You know, think about a frog. If you take a frog and you put a frog in boiling water, you will jump out. And she went on to talk about her life like that, right, mm -hmm. where she had those experiences. But she would talk about her own life, first child at 12, second at 13. Wow. She said, my life wasn't quite like that. Mine was more like. You put the frog in cold water and every day and every year mm. and every decade, little by little, the heat was turned up until I found myself completely burned out. Yes. Those are the two aspects of storm. So how do we deal with both aspects? And later on in the show, you're going to talk to us about how you help people recognize this. Yes, that sounds great, Pat. And very much like that story you shared with your mother I think that the di cancer diagnosis was when the water started to boil before that I was there was just never enough of me to go around yeah. and I went from uh, a point where I first got that diagnosis you know like everyone you're just plain shocked and dumb uh, numb and you feel just this absolute surprise even though if you look back and go wow <laughs> how could I not get cancer? Um, I went from immediately thinking I was going to die. My mother's mother died when she was 18 months old, and I had an 18-month-old son. So it just clicked in me, oh, my God, he won't even know how much I loved him, how much he won't even remember me. Uh, so I went from this to um, just being downright annoyed that I had to go through it. Just really like, are you kidding me? I've got way too much to do in this stupid cancer. There was a book out at the time called Breast Cancer? Let me check my schedule. And that was, that was definitely me. And you would think, as the daughter of a mother who also had breast cancer, at the same age, in the same breast, that I would think, oh, yeah, maybe I have a chance of getting cancer, too. I never thought that way. I thought, hey, we don't look alike at all. I couldn't get cancer. <laughs> and so here I come to learn I'm going to have surgery. I had to have four surgeries. By the time we got to the fourth one, it was a mastectomy. And, uh, and then uh, I went on to have chemotherapy and radiation. This took about a year. But when I first heard about especially the chemo, I said, I don't want to do this. And I thought about everything, the hair loss, the sickness, all of that stuff. And I remember my mate at the time said, well, you have to. <laughs> and ain't that the truth? Even if I picked another form of um, treatment, I'd still have to face cancer somehow. And... Um, it, it's just something we're all left with. No matter what, we're in it. We don't have a choice. We try to resist it. We try to fight it. 
And that doesn't work, does it? It just no. makes us more crazy. Yeah. So anything that I was thinking I had to do or was looking forward to doing was taking, it was just being all taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And my world had shrunk down to just me and this disease mm-hmm. and all the yucky things that went with it, the surgery, life without a right, a right breast, chemotherapy, uh, losing all my hair, the pain, exhaustion, and chemo brain, everything ex- associated with this kind of treatment, and finally, extreme loneliness. I was alone a lot in my home. I couldn't take care of my son. I wasn't strong enough to be able to care for him, even though I was home. So he was taken away to daycare every day when I had chemo, and I would just have to, I, I couldn't watch TV, I couldn't focus, and I felt majorly entitled to a pity party. <laughs> and so, I don't blame you. Yeah. I mean, because those of us that have gone through uh, chronic illness, let's call it, or diagnosis, it's hard unless you've been there to explain what that's really like. I mean, I know you're talking about it post. Mm-hmm. Post. Yes. But, but in it. Those moments in it, what did that feel like? Well, I I just, like we said, I resisted, and then I finally came to a level of acceptance. Okay, this is really happening. And that allowed me to focus on what I could do to cope and support myself while my world was shaking. And it began with allowing my feelings rather than stuffing them down in it, as I had done for years, which I believe made this disease welcome in my body. And there was nowhere to hide from this one. It demanded my full attention. I, I, I felt like I could watch it go by me or I could, the, the only thing I could control was me. I couldn't control the outer world. So it was a gradual process. But I began to pull together supportive and informative literature. I had bought myself a journal, which I hadn't done in years. And finally, I allowed others to help me. Now, if you knew me at the time, I was the one, oh, that's okay, I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. I was often refusing help and offers of kindness from others because I felt like, oh, it'd be really inconvenient for them. They're just trying to be nice. (laughs) Anybody else see themselves here? (laughs) So um, more filtered in as I processed what the next steps would be in my treatment and my health journey. So I began to take this on as a journey, as if it were a new project to manage uh, because I was a control freak. (laughs) (laughs) And so even though I couldn't control much of what was happening to me and my body at the time, I was really drawn to creating a haven for my storm. And um, it was really through self-care and compassion and faith. I just wanted to be okay through this. I was just trying to make it so I would be okay while all this was going on. It doesn't mean that I didn't fall to my knees and cry at times. I mean, I really went through some really nasty emotional stuff too with this. But I came back to the center And, you know, when we continue, I will just share a little bit more about the tools we can use, the big one being faith. A lot of people can shy away from that word thinking it's a big religious, you know, 
dissertation I'm going to give, but right. it's about this spiritual connection we can call upon. Yeah, I mean, and faith really has a broader meaning. I mean, when we're talking about faith, we often talk about whether or not we trust, we believe. You know, when I when I, I actually teach faith uh, in a seminar, and what I talk about is looking at faith and measuring it by the strength of your conviction. conviction. Mm, mm. And what that means is in the scheme of things, and you're going to talk about this when we come back, Susan, Susan Lorenzo, everybody, is that if we say on the one hand, we absolutely believe in fill in the blank, mm -hmm. and then the next thought we have is, but what if, what does that do to faith? A-I-T-H, just the way George Michael used to talk about it. When we come back, <laughs> you think you have to talk, take the walk alone. Even if you're in the middle of the storm, you don't know what to do. You're in the middle. You don't know what you're going to do, but you find yourself alone. Like many of us have found ourselves alone. What is one of the hardest things that you are faced with? That is asking for else, sharing your conversation, your journey. When we come back, Susan's going to tell you how she did it and how she helps others do it. We'll be right back. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Darcy Pariso is your connection to spirit, energy, and healing. You can meet Darcy in person at upcoming events throughout Seattle. Do you have questions about your animal companions, yourself, or do you desire to communicate with loved ones on the other side? Darcy will connect you and get answers. Darcy can also work with energy healing to help you and your animal companions feel more balanced and recharged. Visit DarcyPariso.com events. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. Do you want the knowledge and wisdom to understand where spirituality, science, and psychology intersect? Then join the Karmic Path Radio Show with Tina and Laura on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. Follow this charmingly, disarmingly dynamic duo as they explore how psychic ability, spirituality, and karmic law tie together. For more information on Tina, Laura, and their groundbreaking work, visit TheKarmicPath.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? 
How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. I, George, I could see you dancing around, singing that song, Ooh, just like yeah. it was yesterday, honey. We miss you. We mm. miss you, George. We miss you. Yeah. And, you know, for him, he really took his journey, I think, alone. Mm. And um, he didn't have what we're talking about here today. And like so many people now, we're getting the statistics out now, Susan. My mother, one of them, suicide. Mm. Um George, George Michael, of course, I think the jury's still out on that. But the mm. point is, when life gets that tough, uh, where do you go? Right. Uh, Susan, before we talk about what it means to never walk alone, can you tell folks about your coaching business, about what you're doing to help, and how they can work with you directly? Yes, I'd love to. My favorite client is a client who is coming out of adversity and is ready to move ahead using that adversity as a launch pad to design a life they'd really love. And we take a look at where you've been, where you want to go, what's calling to you, what's the longing, what's the discontent. And, and we weigh those into a vision. And we start there. And we just take step by step in informing ourselves of new mindsets, of action steps, and finding... Uh, that one day, when we look back, maybe uh, even then over a month's time, we're starting to notice little changes in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And life gets a lot, lot better as we keep taking that journey. You know, let's talk about life getting a lot, lot better as we take the journey. And I think this is part of the work you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, there's a moment in a storm, I think, right, where, yes. you know how we talk about the eye where it gets calm for a little bit. Yes. And I don't know what your journey has been like, but when I've gotten into that eye of the storm, um, I wasn't deceived by the fact that it's an eye, meaning yes. it's only there temporarily. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had to learn that. And so I knew more was coming. But what happened in those moments was I had a realization that there was something else that I could call on to help me. Spirit, God, whatever you want. So tell us about how that factored in for you. Yes. So from that beautiful Broadway show, Carousel, the song, You'll Never Walk Alone, the first lines, when you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. Now that sounds like a tall order, but consider a storm out on the ocean and the outer appearance. It's so rough and often with these huge daunting waves. But if you go down, if you were to go down, down, deep down into the ocean, you would arrive at the calm, serene place. So outside in our lives, just like you use the analogy of the hurricane, Pat, all hell can be breaking loose. Mm -hmm. But when we access the deepest part of ourselves, that's where we can find a haven filled with love, comfort, 
and even encouragement and inspiration. That's what happened for me. I, um, I did believe in a higher power before cancer, but I really called upon this connection at the time of diagnosis and especially as things got tougher. You know, I did say, you know, brought to my knees. I was literally brought to my knees through just absolute, um, I think, being completely wrung out. Yeah. Just yeah. being completely wrung out. And so by the time, about a year later, that my marriage was in the flames, yeah, I could turn immediately to that same solace and comfort that I found in prayer and meditation and, you know, I just believed, you know, hey, if I made it through cancer with this stuff, with this practice, that this too will be fine. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. I didn't know what I was going to do being a single working mother. I didn't want to even think that far ahead. I just went to, you know what, if, if I've made it this far, um, I'm going to keep going. And this yeah. is my practice now. So during the time of cancer, I enlisted what I would call an entire spiritual staff. <laughs> In addition to um, that deep connection I felt to God, or however you want to call our divine creator, I called upon angels, guides, ancestors, and just going directly uh, to God with my worries, my tears, my fear, uh, everything. Um, just provided me with that wonderful phrase that they use in Christianity, a peace which passes all understanding. Like, how can I feel this comforted? It's beyond my understanding. Isn't that amazing? Uh, well, well, part of it, too, is talk about this. That doesn't come without a little bit of a pity party, right? Exactly. You have to burst into flames first, I think, and then say, wow, I was just rescued. And, uh, it, it, you know, I wasn't much of a Bible reader, but I remember times when I couldn't sleep. It'd be like two or three in the morning and I would go downstairs and pull my grandfather's Bible off the bookshelf and I'd open up to the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm. And, and that beautiful line where, you know, he makes me lie down in green pastures, like, wow, that just is a comfort. Now, there are so many other ways you don't have to read the Bible, but it's the idea of drawing inspiration, drawing comfort. And um, I also wanted to mention, listen, it's not inauthentic to begin to pray or meditate even if it's right during the troubled times, if you, even if you've never done it before, there's there's something just so very conversational that happens in a prayer. It's not like you have to find one that you can read out loud. It's mm -hmm. really about having a conversation. And there's a beautiful line from an old Paul, Paul Simon song. Uh, the song was Some Folks' Lives Roll Easy. And it's, uh, it says, Here I am, Lord. I'm knocking at your place of business. I know I ain't got no business here, but you said if I ever got so low, I was busted, you could be trusted. And with a feeling of surrender in there, right, into being loved and cared for no matter what the outside appearance, no matter what your past history, 
that you're saying, hey, this would be a really good time to check in. I've never checked in before. And there's no, well, the way I'll put it is there are many ways to pray. I just usually begin as if I'm talking to my dearest friend, someone Mm -hmm. who loves me no matter what. And I I just lay it all out. And uh, I just have a conversation like, this is what I need. This is what I'm afraid of. And uh, (laughs) I was in the middle of uh, chemo. And I couldn't sleep. I had so much worry. Just my brain was just, you know, th- those shattering monkeys of worry. And I had chemo in the morning. And if I, if my blood counts weren't a certain level, I couldn't get the chemo. And then my chemo would be pushed off, which meant that the end of this chemo uh, <laughs> journey would be pushed off as well. And I was living for the day, the, the month of May, because I knew then it would be all over. Um, so I had already pushed it back once by this point through not being well. And so I couldn't bear the idea of it happening again. So after much tossing and turning, I just called out, God, you got to take care of all this because I got to get some sleep. (laughs) And then I flung my hands up into the, the air. Like I was flinging all these worries that were dancing in my head, uh, up into the sky for for God to handle. And and I actually rolled over and fell asleep. And now that's probably not a uh, an amateur move, I would say, because I had practice on seeing that things were being taken care of as I prayed. You know, one of the things I want to talk to you before we go to break is a prayer that I learned. Um, and that is, um, I got a book. Uh, by a woman named Deb Engel. And I've talked about this before, how I thought the book was a joke, really. Mm. I got the book. The title of the book was The Only Little Prayer You Need. Ah. And, you know, I think about me, though, Susan, 15, mm. 15 years, uh, close to 9,000 interviews. And then I get a book, The Only Little Prayer You Need. And for some reason, there was something about that book that wouldn't let go of me. And I didn't know Deb at the time. Then I get the book, then I interview her. And here's what the prayer is. And ever since, this is what I do. See, one of the things that you and I have learned about our illness and about our lives is we now know that we have to go into preventative (laughs) motion. Keep the connection. But even in our bodies, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and eat a half a chocolate cake today knowing what sugar, the relationship between sugar and cancer is. I'm not going to do that, right? Or I'm not necessarily going to sit in a room with... uh, Roundup that's put in the grass or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not going to do that anymore. But you know, growing up as a kid, we did stuff like that. Sure. So this is the prayer. You know, there's a preventative. And if we could take your advice about the tools that are important and not think that we don't have to go into a maintenance mode, right? Yes then we would probably hire more people like you on a regular basis so that we could avoid the tsunami. And we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about what you can do, what you can change, what the toolbox looks like that not only is built on faith, the foundation of this, but what if your toolbox wasn't just 
for the moment that you're boarding up the doors on your house, you're trying to protect, you got the sandbags, making sure the water doesn't come in. Uh, and that can't be the toolbox. It can't be the toolbox of almost disaster. See, there's a toolbox that's called toolbox almost disaster. And there's a toolbox that calls two boasts of ebb and flow, abundance, profit, prosperity, and the sliding glide of life. When we come back, Susan DeLorenzo is going to talk about both of them. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. Please write this date down. Friday, April 26th from 3 to 7 p.m., the grand opening of Holistique IV Lounge, brought to you by Dr. Darvish and the team. Join us for an afternoon of celebration, special guests, raffle baskets, and by the way, your B12 shot or maybe your acupuncture treatment, maybe some reflexology, call 425-451-0404 and RSVP. Are you ready to broadcast your brand ideal with the latest in information technology? Bioresonance software distills your brand ideal or intention and enhances your core internal organizing principle. This has a tremendous impact on your organization's alignment as well as the behavior, satisfaction, and the retention of its employees. Your physical business structure can unfurl, opening up the possibilities of creating an energetic presence for a brand even ahead of its launch. Check out JeanetteWolf.com for more on a signature frequency branding. If you have a sense that you are meant for more, join Heather Allison every third Tuesday at noon Pacific as she explores an ancient forgotten energy within us and helps us access our original archetypal blueprint. The Golden Path will help you remember the key to unlocking your life, love, success, and magic you were meant for. A key to unlocking your golden path. Visit heather-allison.com. Have you ever wondered if there's a way to heal the deep, hidden, inner issues, wounds, beliefs, and traumas? The journey into spiritual healing engages people in all areas of their lives to heal themselves and others. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Dr. Jaffe brings conversations of healing of body, mind, and spirit as he merges the excellence of traditional medicine with the beauty of spiritual healing. For more information about Dr. Jaffe, this show, and his work, visit drjaffemd.com. Awareness is universal. Establishing a living awareness through meditation brings peaceful, healthy, and creative well-being into your everyday life. The practice of living awareness, Spirit Fire's own meditation practice, is built on this belief and is designed for every level of practitioner. Each year, Spirit Fire hosts living awareness meditation retreats that allow you to explore the practice in depth at our retreat center in beautiful Western Massachusetts. Introduce yourself to meditation and the practice at the Foundations Retreat. Attend, in silence, a silent meditation retreat focused on mindfulness, presence, and nature. Or be engaged with the meditation sittings themselves at the Deepening Retreat. Start adding to your awareness and attend a meditation retreat designed to cultivate consciousness in your everyday life. For details on attending a Living Awareness Meditation Retreat, visit upcoming events at www.spiritfire.com. Oh, my God. I was so in love with him. <laughs> he was a naughty boy. <laughs> I'm just like, uh... God, it seems like yesterday yeah. for me, yeah. taking me back to those times. Holy cow. Wow. Um... Look, uh, Susan, before we talk about this toolbox, right? Mm. 
you know, and the many, many faces of it, right? You know, yeah. 50 shades of the toolbox you need for an amazing life, right? right. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that I, I want to make sure people get is how to contact you directly, how to find out more about you, uh, and especially how to work with you. That's great. So best place to get to know me is my website. And you can message me there, too. It's uh, www.susandelorenzo.com, all one word, S-U-S-A-N-D-E-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O.com. And email me, susan at susandelorenzo.com. We can talk about a discovery session, a, a life mapping session. That's the idea of finding out if that's a good fit for you. And what, if nothing else, that one session, it's complimentary and it gives you a set point. And that's what I love about talking where not everybody can work with me. <laughs> and not, I'm not right for everybody, but I'm ready for, for many. And this is where I love these sessions because they walk away with inspiration, with a set point, a clear idea of what could be next for them. And I just invite you to come and get to know me on my website and definitely reach out to me and let's connect. How's that? Okay. So we're talking about a toolbox, right? Yes. yes. And it, it, well, I want to ask you from your perspective to set the stage. Mm -hmm. Describe for our listeners your definition of a toolbox and yes. why this has become so important in the work you do. Absolutely. For me, the toolbox is everything to do with mindset and activity, action steps. So we have, we're, we're cleaning out um, ideas and thoughts, um, expectations about our lives that don't serve us, like me thinking I wasn't good enough, so forth. The toolbox we're talking about in terms of adversity, being in an adversity, are the ones that sustain us by remembering that we are greater than any circumstance. Consider that you can't make your heart beat one time on your own. It's being done for you. Just as your lungs continue to fill with air, life is here to sustain you, not only physically, but during your journey as a soul. So that's the biggest mindset piece we can put in our toolbox right now is that I'm being sustained by something even greater than the collection of circumstances around me. My circumstances surround me, but they are not me. So that's the type of toolbox we're packing. That's the most important tool in our toolbox is how we look through the lens of perception. And uh, I think, you know, I, I, that has everything to do with the, the topic we just covered in the last segment, faith. That was the foundation for getting through my dark night of the soul. But there were certainly other people, other mindsets, other actions that sustained me during the rough spots, the particularly rough spots. And some of these, you know, I've mentioned in recent episodes, like we did a recent uh, episode on bridging from our adversity to our new life. And one of the things that was the richest to me that I had no idea how, how it was going to come back and, and continue to give to me long after adversity was reaching out to friends 
and welcoming help. I was amazed at the wonderful friends who supported me. I had one who would just listen and comfort and reassure and give me these warm enveloping hugs. And when I lost my hair, she would even rub my bald chemo head, which I just loved. And then I had this other friend who uh, was a certified Reiki practitioner, and she would bring her table along with another Reiki practitioner on the day of chemo. They would arrive that evening, and I was given all these medications to take, but I didn't need to take them because by the time they were done working on me, I, I was just dragged up and fell asleep in bed because it was so powerful, and that was just done for me. Then there were those who brought meals over, those who sent flowers. I had someone who remained anonymous, and she would send me these funny little gifts. And my favorite was my Xena Warrior Princess fridge magnet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I felt just incredibly blessed. And one thing I do want to warn or or just uh, alert our listeners to is that you will have some family and friends you think will absolutely be there they, for whatever reason, and you may never know what that reason is, they can't handle what you are going through or just don't know how to approach your situation. But on the other hand, there were acquaintances, people I barely knew, that did the most amazing things for me. So I just continued to focus on those who were there for me. And I couldn't deal with any more uh pain. (laughs) So I wasn't going to address those that I felt disappointed by at the time. Uh, That was a big one for me. The other one, and I did mention this before, is I found a support group of other breast cancer patients. And what a great group of women. And we had a wonderful leader who was a social worker with a hospital. And my maid at the time and I also saw a social worker separately who worked with couples where one was going through cancer treatment. And it was here that I first got my first inkling that my marriage was in trouble. So when my treatment was over and I had my broken marriage right in front of me, I then found uh, a good therapist who helped me navigate the end of my marriage, and how we would move forward co-parenting our son. So this I want to also just give a little um, side note on is that it can take some research and even experiencing some poor fits before you find the right resource, the right person in this case. Uh, But do keep trying until you feel heard and supported. Um, You have a choice and you want to find the greatest resonance uh, like I did with that support group uh, and like I did with the therapist. That It just takes some work and you can have people who help you get to the right resources. You don't have to do that on your own as well. Another one. Oh, go ahead, Pat. Well, I I think I want to just pause for a minute. Um, You know, most of this people are probably going to want to contact you and talk to you about. So, I mean, these are the kinds of tools that if I if I'm listening, I want to have a conversation with you and try to find out, you know, what do you think might be perfect for me? And so you're available for those kinds of consults as well. That's right. That's right. Even if I can't help the person, I'm able to uh, definitely help with resources as well. Beautiful. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to make sure we got that in. Oh, uh, thank as you. Well. Yes, yep. of course. Okay, no, that's that. Because yeah, this it is comes a big tool. My... This is a big toolbox. Yeah, it is a big toolbox. And it, it definitely comes from experience and from my heart, too. Yes. Um, finding supportive literature. You know, uh, I'm not the first person who went through cancer or divorce. And you're probably not the first to go through what you're going through. So other people have come before us. And this literature that I found and connected with really helped me understand what I was facing and that I wasn't alone, that somebody else knew exactly how I felt. And reading books by others who have gone through what we're facing can be so very helpful. I could see that these experiences were actually common and had been experienced before. And they also had suggestions and ideas that I would another, you know, not really have known about. That it was my uh, way of putting me back on a trail of action, of self-help. And yeah. one of the um, books that really helped, and it led to another tool in my toolbox, was a book about loving your post-mastectomy body. Now, that sounds like a tall order, but there's a book out there. Her name is Rebecca Zuckweiler, and many people go through reconstruction, but I didn't do it right away, so mm -hmm. I was left one-breasted for a while. And she talked about the use of visualization before surgery and before anything you could do this, but I learned to use visualization to create how I wanted my surgery to go. And she talked about using phrases as we're using visualization, hearing the words, she's doing beautifully. Great work, doctor. So during these times when we really feel like we have no control, like on an operating table, visualization is just a great way to feel like we have a say in how things are going to go. And I've used this to this day in my life. Um, even before um, going and speaking in public, uh, doing the radio shows, right. whatever, you know, it can be used for anything. But certainly, as you're in the middle of a story, consider how you want to visualize uh, the help you're getting, how it's going, how it's sewn up into something beautiful. And you don't have to have all the detail, but it's the feeling you're bringing to it as well. It's not just a visual thing. It's a feeling tone thing also. Music was another great way that I brought comfort and beauty into my life when things felt so dark and ugly, especially during the first five days of chemo. It would be next to impossible to read or watch TV. I just couldn't focus like that. So I would just lie in bed and I'd listen to this beautiful etheric music and it, it felt like I had angels in my room. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to share uh, a wonderful program that my friend and colleague, Dr. Brigitte Tan, uh, has called Dance Away Sadness, which is the same idea of using music, but also adding dance, which, and, and it works with people who are grieving or overcoming some deep grief. She has a website, and this is all one word, from grieving to joyfulliving.com, and you can find out more about tools in that arena as well. But the idea also of being in nature or experiencing beauty, whether it be through the beauty of nature or through art and design, these are all very sustaining and uplifting. And these are things we can give ourselves when we are alone, 
we can give them and reach out and find literature, music, art, nature. How about a loving pet? You know, these are wonderful things to have in a storm. Mm. You know, part of this, too, and I want to just say we're going to go ahead and skip the break because this is a great segue to really talking about the realization. Now, I don't know when it happened for you. I can't remember. I, I, I think I remember sort of the time frame it happened for me mm. when there was a realization that I was stronger than I even knew. Yes. And it was kind of an awkward moment, the realization. You know, it was one of these situations where you know, you're hearing something that's not the best news or you're in a situation where you're going to have to walk away from your life's work, your passion, in my case, the radio show, the network, and something takes over that's indescribable. For you, um, what was that like? And I, I want to comment on something else. Uh, I know there's an expression that is also out there that I've heard growing up is, honey, don't worry, it's going to get worse before it gets better. (laughs) Um, And hence, you and I both had the same experience is that when I was at the worst of my healing journey, that's when the divorce question comes up. That's when the I'm called to be alone. That's when the, you know, yeah. I didn't sign up for this. And so we have to know that, you know, to manage our expectations. And sometimes we have to realize that this is a solo journey without, with outside help. You can get outside help. So what did you learn about being stronger? There is a, a great phrase by Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, very similar to, to what you were just talking about. A woman is like a tea bag. You never know how strong she is until she gets into hot water. <laughs> and uh, that is true for all of us. I don't want to just, you know, segment out the women here. That's going to be true for all of us. Yeah, it is. And, and much like your phrase about it's going to get worse before it gets better, I had a cousin from the South that when she learned not only was I finishing up cancer treatment, but that my marriage was now coming crashing to an end. And I could just hear her Southern drawl saying this to me. She wrote in this email, well, they say God only gives you what you can handle. Oh, yeah. And he that sure was, must yeah. be proud of you, Susan. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. Right. And that just yeah, how did that? Me. How did that work for you? I howled. I thought I it was great. <laughs> and hey, any chance you get to laugh, take it, you know, when we're going through this stuff. Um, but seriously, you don't you don't know how in the world you're going to make it sometimes. And I mean, we've all wondered that. I did. Pat had. And yet our eyes opened again this morning, right? And they opened again each moment in that horrible point I was in. Like My eyes just kept opening. <laughs> and... Not everyone's did today, did they? Not everyone's did, but ours did. So that just tells me right there, we're here for a reason, even if it's not clear right now. And there's a level of trust we can put in that, even when we don't know what that reason is. And I love to say, hey, you know what? The personality of Susan DiLorenzo here would never say, you know, I could really use some personal growth. I think I'll order up some breast cancer and top it off with, hmm, how about divorce? And I mean, I would have run for the hills. There's no way. But hey, on a spiritual level, 
as I moved away from these nasty events, and I want to make that clear, I wasn't in the middle of this going, hey, yippee, personal growth. Ah. Um, I just know I could experience and note the positive changes as I moved away. And then, yeah, the recognition of growth came as I moved away. Um, you, ju you just don't have it when you're in the middle of it, like that storm whirling while you're in the eye of the storm. And so I just kept taking the next step. And that's all we can do, really. I mean, we could stay where we are, but it just doesn't feel good, folks. I mean, no. take a check, check in on that one. But we never have the entire roadmap, even when we think we do, because things continue to change. And it's based on how we respond. What are we, you know, are we going back to an old pattern reaction? Um, that's something that can happen during these dark times, but we can actually make a conscious choice as to how we will respond. There's an inclination that may be there to go to our regular reactive patterns such as fear, anger, resentment, self-judgment, or uh, something I used to do and, and still have to watch out for, numbing ourselves out through various means, like buffering ourselves that way. Yeah. Uh, even after all these reactions, even let's say we just ran the whole gamut of this, there is still the choice that we can make to try something else that supports us with love, care, trust, and faith. And that's my wish for us all, that even when we go back to uh, the old reactive stuff, we hit the pause button. I mean, just pop your hand on your chest when you sit, when you catch yourself and say, you know, pause it here. Okay, what can I install here instead? What can I do? Can I go out for a walk? Can I call a friend? Can I pick up a book? Can I turn on some beautiful music? That is an opportunity. Um, nothing lasts forever. If you look back over your life, you see that periods came and went, right? To be replaced by another scenario. There are many seasons to a life. This too shall pass is a phrase that lets us know that we should hang on and walk through the storm because it's true. You'll never walk alone. Mm. You'll never walk alone. And think about this in nature, Pat. Yeah. We can witness resilience in nature, witness a forest fire. What happens after all those trees burn? New growth. Think about a sprout that finds a crack in cement and pushes through the cement and grows this funny little green thing coming through a sidewalk because it found a crack of light to push itself to do. And I, I just want to just close by saying I hope that our listeners have found things here that they can use and support themselves with through a tough time because I'm, I'm here to say that, you know, along with many others who share their stories of adversity, that you will rise again. You just keep going, no matter how unskilled, how messy it feels, and things will become clearer as time passes. So reach out for help. Reach out for me, Susan at SusanDiLorenzo.com. And those of us who have overcome adversity and gone on to live lives that we love do not have anything more inside of us than you do. You matter and your story matters because your adversity does not have to be a life sentence, but can actually turn out to be a transformational chapter in your story. And none of us would ever ask for this stuff. But when it's all said and done, and we're standing on the other side of that nasty adversity, 
we have the opportunity to help others through theirs as we create our lives anew. Wow. Susan, thank you so much for a very, very powerful, powerful show. Um, And, you know, part of this is you going through the adversity that you go through, me going through the adversity I go through. Somebody asked me the other day and they said, you know, have you lost your mind, Pat? And and I just looked at them like, uh, now I had to think because I have been told, I have been told, I have performance reviews, Susan. Oh if I go back to my, my executive level, the performance review says, great, she is awesome, but we think she comes from another planet, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say that. But I think part of us has to have a little bit of that for mm. us to show up as you show up because see- for somebody like you to take what you've gone through and then turn it into a premier globally sought after coaching program to move people from the bowels of defeat to ultimate pinnacle of success. We have to be a little bit something going on up here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because most of the people around us are like, dude, why aren't you like retiring? Why aren't you just selling your book? Why aren't you just going to the beach? And we're like, I don't know. That is not me. It's not in us to be that way. So thank you for today. Please give out your website. Please tell us about some events you're doing. Come on. We just oh, thank you. Yes. Out of this. Oh, I do have an event. I'm loving this event. It's called Peace and Power for Women. It's Sunday, June 2nd. 4 p.m. at the Seven Arrows Farm in South Attleboro. And we're beginning, uh, my wonderful partner and yoga instructor, Amy McPhee and I, Amy's going to lead grounding and meditation and yoga. And then I take them over. And while they're open like that, we create a vision for a life they'd really love and the action steps and mindsets. Yeah. Susan, I want to tell you, I'm going to connect you with our Spirit Fire host. So that you could get to their retreat. But I want to tell you, just go to Susan's website, SusanDLorenzo.com. And remember this, the storm is not your identity. Yeah. The storm passes. How quickly it passes? Well, that's how soon you work with Susan. That's (laughs) how quickly that'll pass. Susan, thank you for today. Thank you, Pat. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to Life Design Radio, from adversity to awesome, with me, Susan DiLorenzo. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com as I join with Dr. Pat and offer up the best tools for pulling the gems from adversity and designing a life you would really love. No matter where you are in your adversity story, the topics on Life Design Radio are here to inspire, reassure, enlighten, and motivate you. For more information on life design coaching with me or to listen to this show again, visit SusanDiLorenzo.com. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.